0: This special episode of Unreliable Narrator is in honor of the memories of the thousands of seekers who met their doom in the Area 51 massacre of 2019. Ryan and I discussed the live footage that was online. Uh, It has now been taken down by the authorities, so you can no longer find that footage. And we also interviewed Dr. Stone, the world-famous Naruto scholar. Then we go over some top secret items that were seen inside of Area 51 before the carnage began.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another podcast of Unreliable Narrator. This is a special episode that we're doing just to cover the uh, post-tragedy of the Area 51 massacre. As many of you know, uh, 2 million people were called to the desert from Facebook to join the siege of Area 51 and resulted in the mass casualty event that we now have seen. So today we're going to do a post-tragedy report. Um... Tim, I'll let, you, uh, I'll let you say a little something.
0: Well, I know a lot of you have seen, seen the terrible footage from that day. Uh, I, I, like, I don't really want to get into all the gory details, but I know I'm going to have a hard time ever unseeing what an alien destructor Ray can do to the human body. Uh, just, It's very reminiscent of, of certain scenes on, on the boys. Uh, where were you that day, Ryan? Where were you expecting anything's magnitude?
1: Well, once I once I saw it was going home, I just came home from work and I was just glued to the coverage on TV, on my phone, uh, on the old Facebook and the Twitter. And uh, I, I'd i been kind of concerned a few weeks before when I heard how many people had signed up to be part of this raid. And I knew that something big was going to happen and it was going to have a high turnout. So I really wanted to catch all the coverage I could while it was happening. I would have made made it down there myself, but um, my Fiat has a disgruntled ball joint, so I couldn't I couldn't drive down in time. Uh, I just had to watch at home. So that's where I was for most of the time. I did see most of the carnage that the military unleashed during the raid, which we'll talk about a bit later, and some of the things I'm never going to forget. So it's it's best that we don't really get into too many gory details. Uh, you know, I don't want to as respect for the. The, the people that day, I just don't want to get into that, but simply put, I wasn't expecting what we saw, and I don't think we're going to ever see something like this in our lifetime ever again.
0: Yeah, it really brings brings it home that that, that uh, there must really be something that they don't want us to know about in that base. But uh, out of all those people that stormed that heavily defended uh, location, there was at least one survivor, and he apparently used the legendary Nerudo run to make it to safety. And I, I never really knew much about this before. I,
1: I don't know. Did, did you have prior knowledge of this Naruto run? No, no. I've uh, never owned a Naruto, so I don't know how they work or why they give a person the runs. But uh, I only saw the brief footage of them, and, and that was enough to kind of – I guess there's something special about that. I'm going to have to learn how to do this run because there's, there's got to be something to it. I mean, it's, if it's a self-defense tactic, I've never thought of, of trying out. Yeah, it it seems it it must have been pretty effective if it got him out of there. I
0: I guess the other people just weren't in the know of the exact procedure, how to do this. Yeah, I I did get in contact with Dr. Andrew Stone, the world-famous Naruto scholar, and uh, he did agree to give us a quick interview just describing exactly how this gentleman probably escaped. Uh, Maybe let's cut to that interview now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have here with us today, Dr. Andrew Stone. Uh, he's a scholar of anime. He's been studying ancient Chinese and Japanese uh, documents for years now. So Dr. Stone, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work?
2: Um, well, I mean, this has always been a lifelong like fascination of mine. Um, these are, there's a lot of detailed records here of otherworldly events and people that to normal people appear to be unexplained so you know i've just really been taken into digging through this stuff and trying to decide what is like where where the facts are you know like what's the basis for some of these scientific discoveries that people have made in the past
0: that's really interesting okay so I'm sure that you've seen the footage of, of the, uh, the massacre, and you know that uh,
2: yeah, it...
0: at least 150 people lost their lives, but one guy did manage to somehow use some secret techniques to escape.
2: Yes, yes, you're talking about the, the ninja from uh, the Hidden Leaf Village that used the famous Naruto run,
0: correct? I think so. I don't really know much about this myself. I was kind of surprised that anybody could escape that kind of a that kind of an attack.
2: Yes, but if he was employing the the art of the Naruto run, it is totally plausible that that is a thing that would be within the realm of something he could do.
0: Okay, so walk me through this a little bit because, like, in the videos, like body parts are flying, like there seemed to be no way that a normal human being could make it out of there.
2: so the idea is, is that normal people run um, and use their, the action of their arms pumping to give themselves more force. But the idea is, is that if you lean forward and move your arms back, you can potentially use them as stabilizers to try and put more drive into your legs. And then if you're a ninja, you can utilize your inner chakra, is what they call it, to put more power into your feet, which will allow you to have sudden bursts of speed that might not be captured by camera. So you, there's always the potential that you couldn't actually have seen him move out of the way of something and then move back.
0: Okay, well that sounds pretty mysterious. Um, I really think that the uh, people running in the Olympian comp- competitors, they should be using these techniques too.
2: But, but if you think about it though, he's a ninja. And ninjas are very secretive people. They wouldn't want normal people to know their techniques. So only okay. a select few might know, right?
0: Okay. Yeah, I I know when, when you when we originally communicated by email, you had mentioned that there might be a connection with the aliens.
2: Yeah, so uh, if you dig farther into the the um the history of the hidden leaf village and you dig into like where this idea of the chakra came from you'll actually find that there could be a potential connection with an alien they're saying that there was an alien deity that came to the planet at some undisclosed time we're given the idea that it could be like a thousand years ago or more and chakra actually originates from this being and then it is just passed down in through like lineage essentially
1: huh well, that's so,
0: that's very interesting information. Uh, I'd really so, like to thank you for for spending this time to talk to us, Dr. Stone.
2: No problem, no problem. Okay. If you if you ever require more um insights, just get, let me know. I'll come back anytime.
0: Is there a way that people can get a hold of you?
2: Um I mean, if they're looking for more information, um they're more than welcome to email me at my uh my email that I will have to give to you another time because I don't want too many people to know. I need to have a little bit of screening here because there's a lot of like information that might not be real out there and I have to dig through a lot of it. So I can't deal with too many people if that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. So I guess if anybody really wants to get a hold of you, they can uh, email us at unreliable narrator2009 at gmail.com and we we'll pass
1: the message to you.
2: That sounds good to me. Okay, thanks. No problem. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. Well, there we heard from uh, Dr. Andrew Stone, uh, Naruto scholar. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Tim. I guess well over 2 million people, uh, they trekked into the desert to that Area 1 f- facility, and, uh, and they weren't prepared for what they met. Uh, the Army deployed... Pretty vicious meth- methods at first, you know. The loudspeakers they brought to the fence. They were playing the old town road, ear-splitting volumes. You know, this is stuff that they learned. They must have learned this from the old FBI uh, Waco, Texas uh, standoff. I don't know if a lot of people remember that, but uh, they had the old Billy Ray Cyrus speakers out blasting all the uh, the people inside that compound. Uh, I guess this was meant to keep the people out instead of keep the people, or I don't know, keep the people out instead of drive the people out. I don't know. But uh, same tactic. We've seen this used time and time again. Who would have known that the destructive weapons that they ultimately uh, turned on the Raiders would be by their own government? I mean, we have to look at the silver linings here though. The destructo weapon, it left very little mess to clean up. So 2 million casualties in one event. I mean, they just have some light feather dusting to do. I guess we can look on the bright side that way. It just Really, uh, who would have ordered an an attack like this? I know they probably
0: thought they had no choice, considering the things they have hidden away. But who would have actually authorized the use of weapons like this? Instead of some, they must have had non-lethal methods as well.
1: Well, I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things where you know I don't know what kind of uh, recon they were having done behind the behind the walls and behind the fences at Area 51. But they sure weren't able to see that the the, the first siege of of raiders, um, the Warhammer guys, uh, you know, they wore their armor that day, and I don't think they could have known the army. I mean, could have known that what they were dealing with was just, you know, uh, yoga mats basically shaped into armor. It looks, you know, the guys did a really good job on their outfits. They looked quite real. But they weren't able to handle up to small handle up to small arms fire. They weren't able to handle up to destructive rays. And ultimately, uh, you know, I think once they saw, uh, once the army saw how completely into it they already were, I think the rest was just a domino effect. They just let loose with everything they had. Um, I don't know. Did you did you catch some of the footage?
0: I did. I had I had to turn away halfway through. Uh, it, it was over the top.
1: Yeah, the uh, I just I don't know the Warhammer the Warhammer siege is what really got me. Once they were done, uh, I mean I, I couldn't I couldn't look at the screen anymore. I just listened to basically the footage. But um, the the thing about it is 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 we all kind of had an idea of what they had at the site. I mean it wasn't any surprise. I don't I don't think any of us really knew that they could really do that amount of damage in such a short period of time. We thought maybe that you, a lot of people thought. Maybe they'd we'd see something. They'd deploy something that we hadn't seen before. We could maybe figure out how to get around it, how how to you know uh, adapt. But there was no adapting to what we saw. But the thing is, what we did see is uh, we could speak open, openly about now. You know, they tried to spin us with all the stealth technology, the test flights, and everything that happened there. But we all knew in the end what was down there, and they just proved it to us. So. I don't know some of some of the things that people did see. There was a couple people who got in, and, and and they had a a few things to say about what they saw, and and we've written down some of the what what they were, and uh, we made a little list of things that they're keeping down there that we know of for now, and and a few things maybe that we could speculate on after we go through what we're looking at here.
0: Sure. Well, well of course, number one is the Ark of the Covenant. And we already all, we knew that was there anyway because uh, Indiana Jones recovered it from the Nazis, and it was pretty much a big leak that it had ended up at either Hangar Hangar Eighteen or at Area Fifty One.
1: Mm-hmm. Turns out it is there. I wonder if there are any other uh, religious artifacts. That's a good question. Maybe the Shroud of Turin. It could be. I don't. I don't know that it'd have any uh, weapon value though. So. I don't, it'd be hard to say. They, it could, it could be, I mean, if you can look at this box and the inside of it and your face melts, I mean, what happens when the of Turin hits your eyes? We or got you alien, wrap somebody in it. Or you wrap somebody in it. Maybe it's like a, what do you call that? Like some sort of a boa constrictor saran wrap. Mm. Something to think about or something to not think about, man, I don't want to go in there. But we got, of course we got, you know, Uh, alien bodies cryogenically stored after the autopsies everyone has seen those the video is available online uh so so that's visually confirmed by one of the uh, survivors of the event Mm -hmm.
0: Um, i'm sure that they have some of those bees in there that they had on the x-files those genetically
1: engineered bees i can't remember exactly what uh
0: what they did to you other than
1: you know it wasn't good yeah, and the black goo. I mean, we've seen the black goo again. Another another X-Files thing. Um, the show was pretty much what we could call now prophecy. Um, again, black goo. Um, X-Files had the black goo. We've got um, uh, fire in the sky. Again, black goo. And visually confirmed again by one of the survivors, black goo. Again, don't mess with it. It does shitty things to you.
0: Of course, the multiple areas there with just UFO parts, probably from crash sites. The, from the descriptions of, of, of the people that got in there, you know, they must be reverse engineering various parts.
1: Yeah, I uh, I actually spoke with one of the survivors. He wouldn't go on record, but uh, he did describe to me a, a part, and I was able to do an artist's rendition of it. Um, I'm going to keep that in my possession right now, but I'll just describe it to you, Tim. It's a stainless steel tube, really. Yeah, uh, but it's got a different sheen of gray to it. It's just a different. There's something different about it. I I couldn't really capture it with the limited tools I have as an artist, but I tried my best. And uh, and and if anyone wants to direct message me for that or send us an email, I will send you the uh, the artist rendition of that part.
0: And then, of course, uh, this is maybe a little bit of speculation. But uh, they claim to have seen a chemtrail spreading unit that the government attaches to jet airplanes to poison the American people with. Um, Not a lot of details on exactly the shape of this device or how it works, but we know that chemtrails, it's a big problem.
1: Yeah, especially if you load those things with fluoride. I mean, if that's what they were doing there, we can only speculate but we do know that they had the spreading units uh we don't know what they were putting in the tanks, but again, confirmed by survivors, chemtrail spreading units were there. okay,
0: now we're just down to a little bit of speculation here of things that maybe they had in there
1: yeah they did they did they were able to kind of make it rain, I guess in the desert that day there was a there was a slight period where we did see a little bit of uh uh, sleet or rain come down. It was only for about three or four seconds. So we were, we're we're kind of thinking now that they do have some sort of weather control device, and what they're what they can do with that, or what the limitations of it are, we don't know. But we just saw it deployed for like thirty seconds of sleet. Um, maybe it was the hallucinogens from the chemtrails. Could be. but but some people were describing sleet, and you never know. Maybe that was the bees. It could have been the bees. Not the
0: bees. Not the bees. Okay. And there was also some embryo tanks there of some sort, some sort of cloning tanks.
1: Yeah. We, I heard about this too. They had pretty big smiles and, and a lot of people were saying they looked too happy and they were speculating that we might actually be dealing with uh, like a, a, an underground uh, clone army of Tom Cruise clones. Uh, hmm. Could be devastating for the nation when they unleash them. I don't know. I don't know what they plan on doing with Tom Cruise clones, but they got him. I think they got him anyway.
0: Well, Tom Cruise is, is known to be a cleared individual, uh, according to Dianetics. So if you were going to pick somebody to clone, somebody that would be your ultimate soldier, it could be somebody that believes in uh, the Church of Scientology.
1: Well, that would pretty much be it. And the other thing that we found down there is that uh, in typical arms race fashion, they're also most likely cloning an opposing army of Brooke Shields clones, and what they're going to do, uh, we, we can only speculate. But I'm 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 guessing here that the intention would be to have some sort of false flag operation, where they deploy the Tom Cruise clones, they deploy the Brooke Shields clones in some sort of mass uh, mass event, a big catastrophic war, um, maybe somewhere in the Midwest, um, maybe somewhere even in, uh, uh, in a northern climate, uh, Arctic sovereignty might come into play here but uh they might they might be working on these and the only thing would be to give them justification for deploying some of their other weapons to combat this
0: and that gets us down to our last our last item there uh, how exactly would they bring about enough world disorder to deploy these clones and the answer appears to be an affordable electric car that would throw an entire economy into uproar
1: yeah i mean that it's the ultimate disruption here i mean they they did they did have, uh, someone came out with a scrap of paper for a, a plan or something like that. And, and uh, it got ripped up a little bit, but the F and the ELEC and R were, were visible on that sheet of paper. So we can only surmise that that means an affordable electric car. Yeah, what that would do to the world. I mean, when these things are all gonna come back to, to, to haunt us, we don't know, but they're coming and we know sort of what they are, man, I don't know. There's uh, well, it's going to be strange days ahead. If
0: we drag the pieces together, the obvious solution is between the crashed UFO parts that they've reverse engineered that. And that tube is from an electric an affordable
1: and electric car. That's it gotta could, be what it is. What else would you be doing with the reverse engineering the part half yeah, genius So you'd have to be putting it in there. You'd have to be, I mean, what else would it, what else could it do? don't know what else you'd use a tube for Uh, some sort of some sort of fuel transmission any sort of uh, any sort of uh, gas alien gas that may be used uh, to to uh, cushion the mechanisms of the electric car anything Uh, I mean one can only one can only speculate I mean it gets wild the more you think about it I don't
0: know how much farther we should get into this Um, it's definitely a tragic tragic occurrence like you said I don't know if we'll ever see a thing like this occur again. I hope we don't.
1: Well, I don't know. There's a a lot of human curiosity out there, right? And uh, everyone's staying curious. This is a good thing. This is what we at Unreliable Narrator love, is that we live in a curious and uh, sometimes intrusive society. And uh, there's no shortage of people who aren't willing to follow their heart, do the thing that they said they're going to do on Facebook, and follow... The people, down to Area Fifty One or anywhere for that matter, and find the real truth.
0: Well, definitely, some people found found truth that they weren't ready to face. If only they had brought real armor instead of cosplay armor.
1: Yeah, I. That's the thing is, uh, people, you got to look after your own safety. There, um, the advent of three D printing. I mean, if we can get if we can get to some place like we can get to carbon fiber, we can get to fiberglass, like. Let's leave the foam behind. The yoga mat's got to go. The hot glue, I mean, it looks good, but it's not going to stand up to gunfire. It's certainly not going to stand up to the destructo ray. I think we're going to have to look at some electromagnetic kind of repellents just to make sure that this sort of stuff doesn't happen to anyone else. But I don't know. I don't know if it's possible that we can have this ready in time for the next event. Uh, Now that they know what they're dealing with, they'll probably have time to work on some sort of countermeasure to make sure that 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 everyone's dealt with.
0: Yeah, I don't know if if they're planning on on another
1: event like this say in a year, but it's ill advised. Yeah, I mean we just don't need to see that loss of life again. Uh, it's it's needless. It's it's pointless and you know, you got to be prepared for these sort of things.
0: I guess the only benefit is uh if we're talking about global climate change, we're talking a couple million less people contributing to global warming. And that's about the only positive here.
1: Very Thanos. Yep. Yeah, uh, I just don't know, Tim, I'm, I'm lost for words right now. I just, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to think. I've been shaken to my foundations. I'm usually very stoic about these sort of things, but I'm, uh, I'm really having a hard time swallowing this one. And I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to go forward. Uh, I will, but it's going to be a darker place knowing that uh, 2 million people just vanished that day.
0: At the same time, though, we've come a little closer to finding the actual truth of what they've been hiding in these secret areas, and uh, knowledge is good. Came at quite a cost, but...
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it might lead to smaller truths. Like, we went for a big one here. Humanity went for a big truth today, and we didn't get the full extent of it. But those little truths, I think a lot of people are going to be not as frightened to go after the little ones, you know, your, uh, your pizza bombers and your, your, uh, your unabombers and, and your false flag conspiracies and fluoride and chemtrails area 51, of course is off limits, but the Roswell crashed JFK, anything, you know, these are little truths that, that, that just an army of one can do. And, and these are the ones that I think are going to be uh, opened up to uncover, going forward yeah maybe maybe an intrepid uh crew instead of advertising the fact that
0: they're all going to storm a place could sneak up on hangar 18 that might be more effective i mean if you let them know you're coming they can prepare the destructor
1: array. they may not have even had it out on the fence until then or maybe the destructor array was in the fence we don't know maybe. like we don't know that's that's the hard part that's why we need to uh, you know these uh, these little victories are going to lead to the big ones, and eventually we're going to get a big one. But uh, I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get to see it. But we certainly got to see something that day, and uh, I think we'll see a few more.
0: Okay. Well, with that, let's let's wrap this episode up, and yeah. uh, we'll let you go back to your regular programming now.
1: Regular programming, folks. Okay, it's been a slice. It has been a slice.